What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online messages with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. And for those of you that continue to worship with us through generosity by giving online and meeting our $10 challenge to support our ministries that serve our community Thank you so very much for worshiping with us through giving and generosity. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. God loved us so much that he was generous that he gave his son to give us forgiveness, freedom, and new life. When you love, you give. We love God, so we want to give back, and we love our community. We love the city of Lake Charles. We love southwest Louisiana, and so this helps us love more people, help more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Continue to worship with us through generosity, and also our in-person live services are wide open with full experiences. Come on back and hang out with us. Today, we begin a brand new series entitled The Investigation, and anytime you investigate something, you have to do some digging. Digging. Several years ago when I lived in Jennings, I had these big potholes in my front yard. And every time I tried to park there, I would get my car stuck in these potholes. And so one day I took a shovel and I went into my backyard behind my privacy fence and I started digging up the ground, dirt from the backyard to put into the potholes in my front yard. And I was doing this for a few hours, just digging up dirt from my backyard, going to my front yard, filling in those potholes, smoothing it over. And as I was digging in my backyard, sooner or later, I hit a bed of snakes. And snakes started to come up out of the ground. And some of those snakes, many of them were babies, some of them were not, they started to come after me, which means this. Sometimes when you start digging, you find some things that you don't want to find. And sometimes when you start digging, you find some things that make you uncomfortable. And this is also true. Sometimes when you start digging deep into your heart, deep into your life, deep into your soul, and deep into your spirit, you can find some things in there in your life that you don't want to find. You can also find some things that make you uncomfortable. But also the opposite is true because the other day, I was digging through the pockets of some old pair of jeans that I haven't worn in a while, and I found 60 bucks, $60 in cash that was in there that had been there probably for a couple of years. And so the opposite is true. Sometimes when you start digging, you find some things that you do want to find. Sometimes when you start digging, you find some things that are exciting and they make your life better. They give your life purpose and they can bring your life joy. Sometimes you have to really dig, though, to find something that you want to find. It seems like every time... I put a shirt in the dryer to get the wrinkles out and I'm looking for that shirt after it's finished drying. It's always underneath all the other clothes and I'm just looking for that one shirt. I don't want anything else out the dryer. I just want that one shirt to put on and go and it's, all, it's never on top of the, all the other clothes. It's always buried. It's wrapped up in three towels and probably a thread got loose in one of those towels and wrapped around that shirt 75 times. But sometimes you have to dig to find things that you want to find. So today, we start this new series about Jesus, so let's start investigating. This is our new Easter series. So here's what might be an uncomfortable question for some of you. This is going to be uncomfortable, but this also may be a very exciting question for some of us, because when it comes to knowing that if there is a God, and if there is a God, what is God like? And if there is a God, who is he? How is he like? How does he love? 
How does he love us? Does he forgive? How much does he forgive us? What does he have in store for us? When it comes to knowing who God is and what God is like, does it really just come down to this? Does it really just all boil down to this? Well, because the Bible tells us so. We believe that there is a God because the Bible tells us so. Or some other literature tells us so. Or some church or priest tells us so. When the scriptures were written, there was really no understanding back then, over 2,000 years ago, of modern science. And just about everyone in the world back then believed in a God or multiple gods. And so naturally, there are many people out there today who find it very, very hard to believe in. Many people out there today find what was written a long time ago not very reliable. Just some ancient people writing some ancient letters or some ancient books or some ancient prayers down about this ancient God, like most people today would think that we have advanced far, far, far past that. It's difficult for a lot of modern people to believe that, that the ancient writers actually knew what they were talking about, that the ancient writers actually had something to say to us that was real for us today. But as it turns out, or maybe this is going to be a good reminder for us today, the truth is we are not expected to believe because of something that we read in a book. We are not expected to believe because of something someone taught us from a book. That's not why we're expected to believe. You're not expected to believe because the Bible tells us so, or a church tells us so, or a preacher or a teacher or a priest tells us so. That's not why we're expected to believe because the truth is the foundation of our faith is so much better than that. The foundation of our faith is so much bigger than that. It's so much clearer than that. It's so much richer than that. It's so much more exciting than that. And it's so much fresher than that. We don't just believe because of a book. In fact, this so good, the foundation of our faith is so good that you can investigate it. We can dig into it. We can dive into it. And it's also much more clear than just coming to this conclusion. Well, God's a mystery, so I just have to accept it by faith. Have you ever said that? Or has anyone ever said that to you? Well, we can't explain everything, and we know some things just don't make sense, and we know some things just don't seem to line up, but God's just a mystery. He's so big we're never going to understand him, so we just have to accept it by faith. No, 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 no. No, no. It's so much better than that. It's so much more clearer than that and richer than that. Our faith does not rise and fall based off of a book. Let me say that again. Our faith does not rise and fall based off of a book or what you believe about a book. Our faith rises and falls based off of the single identity of one person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So if you're curious about the faith... Or if you have people in your life that are asking you questions about why you have faith. Or if you feel like you're curious about the faith to the point where you want to return back to the faith. Because maybe you've lost some of your faith. Or maybe you feel like you're losing some of your faith. You have all of these doubts and all of these questions. There are people in your life who have doubts and questions. Or even if you feel like you're starting to walk away from the faith. Here's the question that we should all wrestle with today. And the question to wrestle with is not... Is there a God? That's not the question to wrestle with. It is not, is there really a God? Is God as real? 
Is this whole thing just made up or a fairy tale? But here's the question, and we have never been invited to ask this question. You and I have never, ever been invited by the church, and we should have, but we never have been invited to ask this specific question, which is the church's fault. But I'm going to invite all of us today to ask this new question, because this question to ask, to figure out if the faith is something that we should take seriously or not, is very, very important, and this is what it is, and notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Are the four gospel books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are they reliable accounts of the life of Jesus? Are the four gospels actually reliable accounts of actual events? Because if they are, then what they say about Jesus is true. If the four Gospels are actual events of actual accounts that were written down and documented, if they're actual, then what they say about Jesus is true. And if what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John says about Jesus is true, then game on. Press on. Hold on. Don't stop. Don't give up and have some faith. Because for those of you that follow Jesus, your faith it's not in vain. It's never in vain. And the reason why this is so confusing for so many of us today, it's actually because of the way the Bible was first introduced to us. The scriptures in church was first introduced to us through punishment and through fear and through this. This is why you believe this, because we read it in this book. And if you don't believe this book, then you don't have faith. And that's how the Bible was first introduced to us. Like it was equal with God. But that's not accurate. And that's not how we should view the foundation of our faith. Now understand something. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. This is the story of our faith. This is the foundation of our faith. This is the unfolding of our faith. And understand this today. Number one... There was an event. So this is the foundation. The foundation of our faith is not a book. This is the foundation of why we believe what we believe and why there actually is stuff written down about this person called Jesus Christ. The first thing is this, number one, there was an event. And this event was called the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is born. He lives he loves, he teaches, he sets people free, he raises people from the dead, he feeds people, he loves people, he forgives people, he performs miracles, but then he's betrayed by his own, he gets arrested, he gets beaten, he gets tortured, he gets crucified, and he gets buried in a borrowed tomb. And then three days later, he rises from the dead. This is called the resurrection. This was an actual historical event. Number two... There was a movement, and this movement immediately followed this event called the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This movement didn't start a few years later, or hundreds of years later, or a thousand years later. This movement started immediately after, immediately after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And outsiders called this movement the way. Those people are followers of Jesus those people are like a little Christ, a little Jesus, and they're a part of this movement called the way. They are followers of the way, which is Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Number three, 
Some of the leaders in this movement started to document the events of Jesus and this movement with God's Spirit. And this is where we get the first four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And all of this was documented and written down for us and for all of the world within the next 50 years. 50 to 60 years right after Jesus died and rose from the dead. It was immediately it didn't take them 100 years to write everything down. It didn't take them 200 years, 500 years. It was all written down within the next 50 years right after Jesus rose from the dead. It was all documented, and then that's how the scriptures came together. They begin to write these letters, and they begin to circulate to the different churches, and they preserved them. But understand something. The story of Jesus, and hear this today. This is going to make some of you raise your eyebrow. The story of Jesus is not a Bible story. The story of the resurrection is not a Bible story. The resurrection is not this story that we find that's a fairy tale in some book, but understand this today, and if you're still with me, so I'm still with you. Jesus and the resurrection is why there is a Bible. Christmas is not a Bible story. The birth of Jesus is not a Bible story. The crucifixion of Jesus is not a Bible story. And the resurrection of Jesus is not a Bible story. The resurrection of Jesus is why there actually is a Bible and scriptures for us to dig into. The resurrection is why we have that. If there would have been no resurrection, then there would have been no movement to document anything. Let me say that again. If there would have been no resurrection, then there would have been no movement to document anything. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start investigating and digging into one of these four gospel books today. We're going to start investigating and digging into the gospel of Luke. And Luke was very, very close to all of the disciples. And Luke was very, very, very close to the brother of Jesus, James. And Luke was very, very detailed and very concerned about being as accurate as possible as he wrote everything down. Even the way Luke starts at the very beginning of his document, at the very beginning of his gospel, at the very beginning of his letter is amazing. And so as we begin this investigation and as we start to look at the gospel that Luke wrote, also understand that Luke was a doctor and so he was very meticulous. What we're about to read comes from a doctor, an investigator, who was very, very detailed very accurate and very meticulous. And so this is how he begins his gospel, his book about Jesus, his letter. He began with one word, and this is what it is, and notice this today. It's the word many. Many. Now, how many is many? Many could be 10, many could be 40, many could be 200. But nevertheless, he started his document off with one word, and it's the word many. Listen to how he begins. This is not like a fairy tale. This is not how you begin some lie. This is not how you begin some made-up story. Notice how he begins the story of Jesus Christ, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples, having carefully investigated, carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I have carefully investigated. I have been watching everything from the beginning. I have also decided to write an accurate account for you. I have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth 
of everything you were taught. He says, I'm writing down an accurate account so you can be certain of what you believe. So basically, he starts off by saying this. What I'm about to tell you has been seen, heard, it's been investigated and documented by so many people. So many people. In fact, in the Gospel of John, this is how he ends the Gospel. He says, man, we've all written down all these things about Jesus, but if we were to write down everything, the entire world couldn't contain the books about what we should write about Jesus. And that was just his ministry for three and a half years. Just about three years. John said, if we were to write down everything that we saw and heard, the entire world couldn't contain the books. And so basically he's saying what's been seen, heard, investigated is being written down by many people. Not many people are going to write an account about my life. In fact, I don't know of anyone who's going to write an account about my life. And not many people are going to write an account about your life either. In fact, most of us listening to this today can't even tell us the names, the first names of our great-grandparents. And if you can, you probably can't say the names of your great-great-grandparents, which means one day your own bloodline, your own family won't even remember really who you are. So no one's going to sit down and write a detailed, accurate account about my life or your life. And so Luke tells us right away, this Jesus, it's not just me writing about him. And it's not just a few people talking about him. Many, many, many people are. There's more documented evidence about the resurrection of Jesus Christ than there is the birth or the death of Abraham Lincoln. And there were people back in the days of Jesus also who did extraordinary things like Herod the Great. People alive at the same time Jesus was and not much was written about them either. In fact, not much at all. But they certainly were writing about Jesus. There is a lot about Jesus. Jesus, an ancient carpenter peasant crucified as a criminal. So many people wrote about him. Why? Why? Why would so many people write about him but not me one day and not you one day? Why would so many people back then write about Jesus but not about all the other people that were doing great things because there were people alive at the same time doing awesome things but not much was written about them. Why? But that raises a question. Why would Luke even bother to do this? Why go through all of this in the first century when life was very difficult and food was very limited and scarce and you had to work hard every minute of every single day just to survive? Why would he take the time and so many other people take the time to write down detailed, accurate accounts of this Jesus story? Why would he bother writing about a cop carpenter who turned into a rabbi that was rejected by his own religion and then crucified as a criminal by Rome, given up by his own people. Why is that story worth telling for me and for you even? And not only by Luke, but by many others. Why so many? And the answer is simple. And this is what the answer is. And notice this today. It was because something extraordinary had happened. Something had happened that was going to impact the entire world. Something good happened. Something amazing happened. And it was going to be good for the entire world. And somebody had to tell it because it was so good. Luke said that all of this was fulfilled. He said, among us, among us, in front of our face, in our lifetime. And it was so amazing. And that's why we're talking about it. Because somebody has to tell it. Luke said these reports were from eyewitnesses. What's an eyewitness? 
someone who witnesses something with their very own eyes and they did not wait to write it down, they wrote it down immediately. And Luke knew and interviewed them all and he said we all investigated. He investigated everything from the beginning. This is why he not only writes about the resurrection of Jesus, but he also writes about the birth of Jesus and the birth of his cousin, John the Baptist, because he investigated everything from the very beginning. This is not a Bible story. This is not a once upon a time. This was something out of this world has happened. And we have to talk about it and we have to tell it. And so many others have to tell it. And we want to make sure that we tell it right. And so we investigated. It had to be told because it was good. It was good for the world and it was good for you. It was good for all the hurting souls just like me and just like you. It was good for all the broken souls just like me and just like you. It was good for all the empty souls just like me and just like you. It was good for all the lonely and precious souls just like me and just like you. It was good for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Luke wrote all of this down and notice this today. Luke wrote all of this down for... You. He wrote it all down for you. The earliest disciples did not think when they sat down they were writing a religious book. They didn't think they were writing what would one day become the Bible. They didn't think that. They were just telling their story that they were eyewitnesses of. And that story is worth telling. And many times they thought it was worth dying for because they were eyewitnesses of Jesus living for and dying for them. Let me say that again. They thought this story was worth living for. They thought it was worth telling and many times worth dying for because they were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ dying for them and dying for you. And they saw it. And don't you think that the love of God is worth talking about? It has been for me in my life because life is challenging. We all know that. Life is confusing. We all know that. Life is very, very difficult. We all know that. Life is very, very hard and exhausting. And it's in those times when the love of God can heal your heart and heal your soul. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be me and let it be you. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your soul and encourage your soul. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your spirit and encourage your spirit. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your mind and encourage your mind. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your strength and encourage your strength. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your faith and encourage your faith. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your family and encourage your family. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your community and encourage your community. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times when the love of God can heal your church and encourage your church. Somebody has to tell it, so let it be you and let it be me. It's in those times, once again, when the love of God can heal your broken spirit and encourage your broken spirit. So let it be you and let it be me. This story is real and this story is worth telling. And that's why we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, because that is the foundation of our faith. We don't worship God, serve God, love God, love people, and serve people because the Bible tells us so. We do it 
Because there was this man named Jesus Christ who loved us so much that he died for us on the cross. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And it's not a fairy tale. It was something that people saw and heard. This has been part one of the investigation. We invite you back next week for part two. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you, and we cannot wait to see you next week for Easter. Come on and join us in person. It'll be a great, great time and a great service. We love you all. Have a great week.